Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Sift Spoil for How to Train Your Dragon 3, otherwise known as The Hidden World. Um, now we're going to talk about spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie, now is the time to leave. Get out. Uh, we will uh, be spoiling stuff, obviously, but also we'll probably be jumping around to different things, so it may even be a little confusing if you haven't seen the, the film. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? What do you want to spoil? What do you want to talk about? So a lot of things I have questions about. That yeah, I let's don't do know. that. Ask me the questions. So when did Gerard Butler die? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen the second movie. Okay. It's becoming very, very clear yeah. that you totally missed How to Train Your Dragon 2. So can you give me the synopsis for number two? So the basic synopsis for number two, and producer Phil still hanging out with us, feel free to jump in here. If, I, if I haven't seen the second one okay. in a while. I've, I've seen it, but not. So the basic synopsis is they find his mom, um, which is another person. I thought she died. Well, she did. But did you did you did you wonder why she was back in three? Did you realize that was his mom? I knew that was his mom. I just didn't know that she was dead. So So he, he thought she had died. And so that's why she wasn't in the first one. But the second one, they go find her. And it turns out he gets a lot of his love of dragons and those kind of things from her. She's a, you know, a dragon protector and her husband was a dragon slayer. And yeah. so, you know, that whole dynamic is in there. And then eventually it's it's really kind of about their marriage and their um, a reconciliation, which I thought was beautiful in that movie. And he ends up sacrificing his life uh, for her. Right. Isn't that how it how it ends up? I don't remember. Okay. So, but something like that where he gives his life, um, so that she or hiccup or a dragon even, you know, can live. Um, besides the ending of this movie, I think one of the most powerful scenes I saw was actually a flashback of whenever hiccup was a kid and drawer Butler's downstairs crying, you know, cause he's, you know, lost his wife. He, th- yeah. I guess he thinks, um, <laughs> and he just gives hiccup this really good, you know, a speech about you know how yes their love comes with some cons like you know loss and stuff but mm-hmm. it's totally worth it in the end to yeah. you know experience love and stuff like that and it's just 
I'm probably not doing justice to how good that scene is, but I think it was the most powerful scene in the movie. For me, I know a lot of people are going to say the letting go, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, letting uh, Save Toothless him. and, you know, all those others. I thought that that nailed me when he told the, the Light Fury to save him. Save him. Yeah. I, I thought that was gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it felt, it felt, I, I know there's suspension of disbelief, but it, f- it felt possible. It felt like those dragons are fast enough that she possibly could have done that one, two, you know, yeah. punch and save them both. So, um, yeah, I, I found that absolutely wonderful, uh, yeah. emotional, but yeah, there are those emotional scenes throughout the entire movie, yeah. um, like that about the story. So what else? I don't know who these two characters are with what movie they showed up in, but those twins. <laughs> this is so much fun. Those twins. They were in the are first one. Hilarious. Rough Nut and Tough Nut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, they were so funny. That scene where she's in jail. That's Kristen Wiig and, uh, oh, what's the guy's name from Silicon Valley? and um, T.J. Miller? Yeah, T.J. Miller. Oh, he's had an interesting yeah. career it's as true. of late. Yes. Um, oh, I thought they were the funniest parts of the movie. Besides, you know, uh, the whole toothless mating dance thing being my favorite part of the movie, I think that scene with her in jail, annoying, uh, is it Grommel, Grimmel, whoever the villain was, Mm -hmm. you know? Grimmel. uh, Grimmel, I Mm -hmm. think that... F. Murray Abraham. Who is an amazing actor, and his voice just lended perfectly to that character. Agreed. I didn't like the character as much, you know, like, I found his, you know, predictions of, like, all of his enemies' movements and stuff... And I don't were the other um, the other villains like the mid villains were they prominent in the other films or something or were they just throwaways in this movie? Um, because I think they like, were just throwaways. Okay. I think they were just the, the, the dragon catchers. Okay. You know, they were just kind of throwaways because it, they weren't really used all that much. I don't see why they had to be a part of introducing Grimmel to the whole. I just keep wanting well, to I call him Grimace, were... you know? <laughs> not Grimace. Not no, Grimace, not purple no, and not total, There's no purpleness. Um, I think they had more to do with introducing us to the new kind of way that Hiccup and his gang were fighting uh, dragon stealing or dragon capture, those kind of things. The so poachers I, or whatever. Yeah, I think they were just, they were kind of nameless poachers, nameless okay. enemies that, you know, showed us, oh, this is this is what, you know... Here's the cool flame sword and the dra- dragon armor, and I thought that stuff was Wait, kind of flame cool. sword wasn't part of the other movies. <laughs> I think flame sword was in two. I think was introduced because that just seemed like that can't be a weapon you just open the movie with. So I was like, <laughs> uh, whenever that happened, I'm like, oh, that's something I forgot about the other movies. I definitely did not see the second one. I know, no, I, it is it is very evident at this point that you never saw How to Train Your Dragon 2. Because yeah, I didn't remember Jonah Hill's character at all from the right. first one. Right. Who is he? Um, Snotlout? He's in the first one. Yeah. That, They're much younger in the first one, so and, he didn't have his, the mustache. and. you got to keep in mind that in the first one, the other... The characters who are not Hiccup are not in the movie very much. Like they're, yeah. they're just they're comic relief. Yeah, that you don't get to know them until the second movie. Okay. Which again, I wish they kind of would have stayed that way in this so one a little bit more. Is he like hitting on uh, his mom <laughs> yeah. or something? Or yeah, something? Hiccup's mom. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was a running gag for uh for a good part of the movie. I thought that he was Hiccup's brother, and I'm like, uh <laughs> what's going on here? So. Yeah, yeah, that that wouldn't work. No, that wouldn't work. That would, that would be, be Game whole, of Thrones. Yeah, I was gonna say that would definitely be more Game of Thrones. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, and Christopher Mintz plots uh, was fish legs. <laughs> um, yeah, that whole crew uh, is from the first movie, okay. but they, they're you know much less. They're a little more in the second movie, actually. Um, again, with that whole you know process of yeah. making characters do more. I think the Kit Harrington character was introduced in the in the second movie. <laughs> So. Yeah, I liked it. Actually, for some reason, I guess if I would have seen the second movie, I would have appreciated him more. He just seemed like he was, you know, just the handsome, rugged yeah. guy who yeah. I guess was a poacher, but then he changed his ways or something. Right. So, see, they, they gave me enough hints as to people's backstories, but I just was still a little confused as to who everybody was. Now, here's what... I, I know is, you know, for this movie, but I still thought was confusing and stuff like that. Like, yeah, tell me about plot it. Plot convenience. Yeah, I wanted stuff. to hear about your plot convenience So stuff. are you telling me that these scorpion dragon things can be poisoned by their own venom? Uh, it's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was... Yeah, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief yeah. on that kind of thing. Because it also appears to be the same venom that he's knocking people and dragons out with. Yeah, so you're telling me that for themselves... That they can be hypnotized with it, but for every other creature in the world, it's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, a knocker outer drug. Yeah, sleep. Yeah. A sleep drug. Yeah, exactly. So that, Sedative. Um, and then he predicted that they, they were all going to sneak into his lair, and he set that net trap for them yeah. and stuff. I'm like, really? You can predict all this stuff? Like, you know everybody's moves. So Those scorpion dragons were terrifying, though. They were pretty creepy. I yeah. wonder if the idea is that their venom is a... Um, a you know, a, some sort of control on each other. Like, if they were to sting each other... You know, maybe they'd be able to control each other somehow, or I don't know. It's you're right. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely weird. Yeah, it's very strange. I did think it was cool how they convenient. It was convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I didn't understand about the movie is why did he let the Light Fury go? So they had the Light Fury captured, mm -hmm. and then he's like, "I'm gonna let this Light Fury go." So that because it was the only. Uh, way for him to get um, toothless away from hiccup. So his idea was the light fairy is going to pull toothless away so that I can, you know, capture him, attack him, that kind of thing. I think that's what the movie wants to say. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you're letting a dragon go. How do you know well, it's going to go to? Sure. That's it, what I mean by plot conveniences and stuff like that. Well, like and, you have to believe that this untamed creature you really know nothing about other than how to kill you know is going to do exactly what you want it to do well and i think the main thing he's his character suffers from is that movie thing where the bad guy wants to kill something but then never kills it when he has the chance you know oh yeah like he there captures so, it like 14 yeah there's so many opportunities for him just to like what is his what is his main motivation if his main motivation is to kill all the night furies yeah well, came over you had it man like what like why are you keeping them alive yeah um and there, there were several opportunities like that so for me i think the main problem with the villain is motive is his motivation i i it seemed clear to me, but then he did not act on it. Yeah. He was doing something else, so it yeah. was weird. I mean, and, and it wasn't even like he wanted to find the hidden world. He didn't even know about the hidden world. That yeah. wasn't even an aspect of his character. And that's another thing. Like, if um, Hiccup hadn't searched for, you know, Toothless and the Light Fury, 
they would have been in that hidden world forever. And the Grimmel's plans would have been done. Right. Like, they would have just been down there. And well, but this was still when Hicc- I think the movie is saying this is still when Hiccup was hoping for a utopia where they could all be together. Yeah. And so the whole idea of the movie is that he has to let that go and realize that there is a safe place for dragons to be. It's just not with humans yeah. yet. I did like that part of the movie where he's realizing, like, I've been so occupied with what I want for us that I didn't take into account what you wanted, you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, that's something that, you know, as, you know caretakers or you know i i say partner but i don't mean in a romantic way you know like you know a friend you know we always tend to forget what the other person wants just because we think we know best you know Mm -hmm. and uh no they really hit on that really well and they also hit on the fact that now he's chieftain and he feels obligated to walk in his father's shoes, you know, to rule by himself and not to rely on, you know, all these people around him. And, uh, you know, it's up to Astrid and his mother to inform him. No, you can rely on others to, you know, you don't have to do this on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I like that part of it. Um, I was also moved by the kids meeting the kids scene at the end, you know, know, his kids meeting, um, uh, uh, toothless's kids. Yeah. And the animation on his kids was so interesting to me in the way they approached the dragon because they never seen dragons because they'd all moved to the oh, hidden yeah. world or like, whatever. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was so realistic. That was and very so realistic because you'd and... seen that like in kids who go to the zoo, mm-hmm. like a petting zoo yes, or something. exactly. Yeah. It's like, are you sure? Because I really think this creature could eat me, yeah. you know? So I thought I, I thought that was touching and fascinating yeah. and really enjoyed that. Um, another thing I want to talk about is the fact that uh, Toothless learns a new trick in this movie from the Light Fury. Um, another plot convenience that you, that you don't like? That I don't so like. So tell me about that one, because I'm, I'm missing it. What's wrong with that one? So you're telling me that while these dragon scorpion things are, you know, all attacking him and... Hiccup is riding on his back that he can choose who he electrocutes with that move. Like, he burst out all that electricity, uh-huh. knocks out all of the dragon scorpions, but Hiccup is fine. Yeah. Why not? That's, how? Because <laughs> I want him to be. Okay, yeah. Um, in your happy little world where everything That's right. works because you love my, this movie. My, my disbelief has been suspended. Yeah. Um, no, I, honestly, I did not think about that. That's, I, I mean, I can see the issue with that. I, I guess in my mind, because he was holding on close, I just assumed that he sent those shocks like outside of the little That's not how electricity bubble. works. <laughs> who says who? Science. You don't know how electricity can work. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he could be grounded on on the dragon, and I he's don't know. wearing rubber boots. <laughs> oh yeah, that metal shoe of his definitely would have been shocked. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah, you make a fair point. That was one of my biggest. Like that was an immediate thing for me. Like, okay, so he's definitely going to use that later. And then whenever I saw him charging up, I'm like, oh, so is he going to sacrifice Hiccup just to, Mm. you know, and then let Hiccup fall just so he could save the Light Fury? Is this going to be that moment in the movie? But then, no, Hiccup's fine. 
The other thing uh, that that I enjoyed about the um, emotional themes and that kind of stuff is the fact that in this one, Hiccup has to uh, find a way to make him a tail that he can use without him. Yeah. You know, because previously Hiccup had to ride him for him to be able to fly, which is, again, part of the beauty of that first movie. But it's kind of a nice little mirror to the first movie that in this movie, he has to actually design something that, you know, allows it, the dragon to fly on his own. So did I get the impression from this movie that in the others, uh, Toothless did not want to have a solo fin that he himself could control? Well, he probably just, it just probably wasn't part of his life ever since he, you know. But I'm uh, just saying, the way this movie made it sound like uh, Hiccup had tried to build something like this before, but Toothless oh, yeah. preferred no, to no, no. Have... In the first movie, in the first movie, he was trying to help out Toothless, but couldn't figure out how to do it without himself riding Toothless. And so he had to ride him to get it to work. Okay. And he couldn't figure out how not to do it. But since then, I think it's just been an understood partnership between the two of them that this is just how it is. Yeah. You okay. Know? So, yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Um, but I did enjoy that part as well. Nice. Um, so... They say that they're trying to build this dragon utopia, but at what point did you ever believe that at the beginning of this movie when we're introduced to this world where there's bird dragon houses, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting destroyed every <laughs> minute. Did you yeah. ever think that that was going to work? What led him hiccup? There should have been uproars far before that, yeah. that it got to that point. Yeah, that's in the second movie, too. That's it's, Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's a I big part of the second movie, too. Uh, it's well it's a a big part of the suspension of disbelief of that is just the idea that you know you can domino every you know 40 different houses in your and somehow everybody's like oh well there's hiccup again (laughs) instead of being like no this stops now exactly yeah (laughs) so that's just kind of something you just uh, have to believe about the world okay um but yeah it's you know it's fascinating to me to see in this movie how because the movie does indicate, well, maybe now it's too many, you know, maybe now. Yeah. And because it wants us to move towards the idea that it's not possible. Um, whereas the second movie was like, oh, this is possible and this is what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting how it moved out of that for the purpose of the themes. So going to the actual hidden world when they're flying in for the first time. And what was her dragon's name? Like uh, Star Stalker or something like that? <laughs> I don't remember. It's uh, Stormfly, I think. Stormfly, yeah. So whenever you actually see the illumination on its skin, you know, like reflecting all the crystals and, the, mm-hmm. you know, the the illuminating, I'm like, just, wow, how beautiful this is. Yeah. That's when I was talking about in podcast proper, like, getting to appreciate the true beauty of this movie. Very like, reminiscent of Avatar in that yeah, scene. Yeah, very reminiscent. The bioluminescence and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you, I really got a... Uh, a, uh, this scene, a, actually. Yeah, this that's scene. exactly a scene right yeah. there. Yeah, that's very Avatar esque. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, whenever you actually see Toothless to the and, audio listeners, I pointed to a picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> as, as I'm gonna have to remember, you know, when yeah. we got video and audio. Yeah. Um, but whenever you see Toothless and the Light Fury, did she have a name or was she just the Light Fury? I think they just called her the Light Fury. Okay. He he called her the Bright Fury, and then Astrid yeah, said like, the yeah, Light Fury. He's like, yeah, I think yours is better. Yeah, <laughs> but whenever um, you see them sitting on that central crystal, you really got a sense of royalty and mm-hmm. kingship from him. He just seemed very 
seem very king-like, like yeah. very empowered, you know? And it even from my very small knowledge of this franchise, it was a definite side of him that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd always seen Toothless as, you know, the bumbling, goofy, mating, dancing kind of dragon, you know? <laughs> he was very... You know, childish. You know, mm-hmm. like a, like a dog. You know, or something. Well, like and that. unsure of himself, and yeah. yeah, and he's matured and he's grown. Yeah, but just even though we didn't see that transition because it kind of happened off screen, just seeing that was very, you know, like it really helped with the whole transitioning into the whole. Okay, you can let them go. He's okay now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's found his place. You know. Yeah, and then we get to see bearded adult hiccup. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. That whole uh, uh, this uh, TJ Miller beard thing where he just has his hair braided around uh-huh. his face. Yeah. I found that whole thing funny. Yeah. I, I really like that whole thing. Yeah. Come cry into my... Come in my full beard. In my full beard. <laughs> and you said that was Kate McKinnon who was yeah. the... Yeah, or Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. And there's that whole scene where she annoys her way out of prison. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, she yeah. was so great in that scene. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of great stuff here. Yeah. Um, very, very worth time. Any other spoilers that you wanted to get at? Uh, before spoilers, we finish no, but I will say that I'm curious whenever I go back, because I am going to go back and watch the first two, if I'll appreciate this one more and even like it more after viewing those. Yeah, I, so. I think you might. I yeah. think you should go back and give it a shot. Uh, in the live chat, somebody's saying TJ Miller got replaced after his controversies. I, I swear that was him in this movie. So we're so about to find out. We'll Give just we'll make seconds. sure before we close this thing out uh, that, that we get some confirmation uh, on that. But I swear that was at least it was a great impersonation of him if it wasn't him. So what was his character's name? Uh either Rough Nut or Tough Nut. I always forget which one's which. I think he's Tough Nut. Okay. I never could get those sorted either. Uh, no, it's a, it's Justin Ruppel. Oh it's Tough Nut. Interesting. Well, wow. good call from the chat. Um so much for people who uh, in the podcast proper, <laughs> if we mentioned it there. Yeah. Um, no, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I like it when the chat comes through like that. He's so. a voice actor, so yeah. Yeah, very nicely done. So he sounds exactly like TJ. Great TJ yeah. Miller impersonation. Huh. It, I did sound a little off now that did I'm it? thinking about it. It didn't to me. But uh, but it was enough to where I was like, okay, yeah, maybe they just said, nah, TJ Miller, fine. We've already recorded your audio, so yeah, yeah. And there you go. Well, With there you go. whole train debacle thing, I had a feeling he wasn't going to be yeah. acting for a while. So good job, T.J. Miller, on ruining your life. <laughs> um, thank you so much for checking out the Sift Spoil for How to Train Your Dragon. We'll be ne- uh, back next week. Not sure what we're going to be reviewing or if we'll have spoilers. but Probably, uh, if anything, it'll definitely be talking a lot about Oscars. Yeah, we'll talk some about Oscars and maybe we'll review Fighting With My Family. Um, yeah. Uh, for the review next week we'll see maybe we'll put out a poll or something so thanks for watching slash listening slash whatever you did this week uh and again be ready subscribe to sif pop on youtube uh the live streams will go video uh sometime in the future probably in may or so uh, is what we're looking at so thank you for testing it out with us not sure if this one will be up on the youtube channel at some point we'll see how that all works but um but thanks for listening thanks for watching and we'll catch you next week bye Bye. All right, Phil. You can stop it. Bye, guys. You're the best. We love you all. Oh, you all are amazing.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.